Today's episode is sponsored by the City of Dublin's Division of Economic Development. The City of Dublin provides world-class tailored business services and resources to ensure the best possible environment for businesses to recruit talent and thrive. Because of this strategic focus and commitment to employer growth, Dublin is the only accredited economic development organization in the state of Ohio. The City of Dublin supports startups and entrepreneurs by offering targeted resources and training programs to grow companies that are financially sustainable, innovative, and committed to creating jobs. Learn how other businesses depend on Dublin. Visit thriveindublinohio.com. Welcome to another episode of the 614 Startups Podcast. My name is Elio Harmon, your host. And you know, one of the things I love about doing this job is that I get to travel more and more. I've been a Columbus guy all my life, but I met my next guest on the road in Cleveland. We connected, we bonded because we're both lovers of content and he's building something very important out of Cleveland. My guest tonight is Dan Gurman of OrthoBrain. Dan, welcome to the show. Well, Elio, thank you so much for the kind invitation to participate in this amazing series of podcasts. Yeah, well, uh, and I'm glad you took me up on the offer. Now, you and I, I mean, this is where we really get to know each other and the audience gets to know you as well. And what I like to do with every podcast is start by getting to know the guest. So who is Dan Gurman and how did you become an entrepreneur? So if you want to look really deep into what drives me these days, what I'm all about now that I have white hair on my head, I've really endeavored to become a leader that's driven to help people become the very best they can possibly be, usually exceeding their own personal expectations. And the trick to doing that, Elio, is, is doing it with humility and having compassion and then frame everything in love. I couldn't have said that 20 years ago, but now that I'm a white hair, that's exactly what I endeavor to do every day with people that I meet. And you might wonder, well, who is it that I'm leading? Probably the most important role I have is as, as a husband and as a father and now a grandfather. So my precious wife, Terry, and I are still raising uh, our seven children. We have uh, three of them at home right now, and we've already got some, some grandchildren on the way and, and some that are here. I founded many organizations and built many organizations in my career, and I've been a leader in each one of those organizations. So I'm a leader in my family. And I also am a leader in my businesses. To be fair, we've divested of almost all of my businesses except for OrthoBrain, because right now I'm passionate, as well as my family, at transforming the way healthcare is delivered. And it's a big uh, undertaking, and it requires the support of the family. And, and my family is clearly behind me, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. Uh, you asked why I became a business person and entrepreneur, and the, the truth is that I did it out of necessity in my youth. So I started working in kind of formal employment at about nine years of age, and by the time I was 13 or 14, I had formed my first business and had other kids in the neighborhood doing some, some work for me, and it was, I think part of it is wiring, but a lot of it is just really needing money. And I was always determined to go to 
go to college. And everything was built around saving up money so that I could go to college. And that's really what got me going in the business world. And uh, I ended up becoming an orthodontist. I practiced orthodontics for 30 some years uh, before I, I sold the practice in Dayton, Ohio, moved up to Cleveland and started building OrthoBrain. Uh, my entire life has been as a business person, uh, either because I enjoy it or because I need it. And truth be told, uh, people say, uh, we're all human beings and I beg to differ. I never wanted to be a human being. I've always wanted to be a human doing. And I think that drives part of the passion towards, towards building companies and building things. This one though is unique and far more important than any of the other businesses we've, we've built. Yeah. Now, um, I get entrepreneurs on here all the time. I don't quite get the working at nine all the time. So what was it? And, and maybe this kind of feeds into my, the debate that always happens when you're talking about business are entrepreneurs born or are entrepreneurs made meaning is, is it something that you felt was always innate and where do you fall on that spectrum? That's a brilliant question. And nobody's asked me that before. I'm going to say it's both. I believe that my father, whose memory is a blessing, my absolute hero, so admired him, the attributes that he had, uh, they, they guide me in my decision-making to this day, regularly told me, make sure you find a way to work for yourself. Find a way to own your own business. And he had a lot of really fine employers, and I believe that they treated him well and they gave him good opportunity. But honestly, Elio, he was miserable working for other people. And I could see the stress that it gave him. Uh, it wasn't just the lack of economic resources, but, uh, but it was a difficult endeavor. It was, it was difficult for to him to succeed and thrive in that environment. So having said that, I've always known that I was going to work for myself or work for all the people that are in the companies that I build. Uh, but I think you also have to have some wiring that in order to be successful, there are probably some attributes that you're born with that give you the potentiality to be successful in this arena in the same way that, that if you were interviewing the elite athletes of the world, they would say, yes, they were desirous of being elite athletes. And yes, they worked their, their tails off to be elite athletes, but they also had a genetic ability to achieve at a high level. And so when I go back to my original mission of helping people become the very best they can be, it had to start with me in the mirror. Before you help others, I believe you've got to, you've got to build the very best you you can be before reaching out to the others. I hope that answers the question. I think the answer is yes. Yes, you need to be born with attributes. And yes, you, you need to be cultivated, nurtured, and pushed into it. For me, it was out of necessity. The only way I was getting out of my economic distress was to have very high remuneration with my work. The advice when I got out of college and dental school was to declare bankruptcy, that there was no way I'd ever be able to pay back all my school debt. That yeah. will give you ambition. Yeah, no, that, that, that answers the question. And I think with seven kids, kudos to you, man. Uh, I'm the last of six. I have one today. So seven kids, that's brilliant. But you, you can kind of see that all kids are born. You know, you don't tell a kid, no, you can't be an artist. All kids, 
they'll pick up that paintbrush, they'll pick, pick up that crayon and they'll create art, right? Doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to grow up to be artists. I feel like we're, we're born unlimited, right? So this idea of an entrepreneur, I think we're born unlimited, but the people who grow up to become entrepreneurs see businesses everywhere, right? Just like you might imagine, like somebody who's born to be a musician can hear music anywhere. They could hear the birds singing. They get, it, it, it just feels like that sense to them is more developed. I feel it's the same way for entrepreneurs. I mean, every time, right? Even when I was young, I would always look at something and be like, how do I sell that? How can that possibly become a business? It was, it was always there. Did you have some of that feeling? Does that kind of, do you share that kind of uh, uh, seeing business anywhere kind of brain? Yes. When my family watches this, they're going to giggle because my brain is a nonstop um, series of, of ideas that flow through my head. Everything I see, I see in terms of how it can be improved. How, how can this service be delivered in a better way? How can this product be manufactured in a better way? Some of them are, are as silly as all get out where they're humorous, but it's nonstop. And it can be extremely distracting, Elio, as, as you know, as a visionary, it's every day there are new ideas coming to mind that you want to pursue. And when you're, when you're building a company that you want to have a global footprint, you've got to have some people around you that can help you maintain some focus and not chase the so-called shiny objects that appear in front of you all the time. It's a blessing and a yeah, curse. Uh <laughs> I know shiny object syndrome. I certainly have. My family tells me the same thing. Hey, you gotta pick one thing. I even have a book back here that I was gifted called necessary endings, right? Things you need to give up in order to pursue your purpose, right? That's at least the plot. I need to get to it. Right. But for you, you've already done that. You took the brave step of saying, Hey, I have a problem that is so important. I'm going to divest of everything I have going on in order to focus on this one problem. So what is the problem that you're solving at OrthoBrain? Who are you solving it for? And why does it matter so much? Yeah. Well, thank you for appreciating what, um, what a, a big alteration in our lifestyle uh, it was in order to divest. You know, after being in practice for 30 years, we had this well-oiled machine, this orthodontic practice, and it was such a joy to go to. It was easy. It was fun. Everything was, was almost perfected. And then we just walked away from it in order to pursue this. What I want you to do is use your imagination, which is easy for you, all right, because you're a visionary. So Elio, imagine, imagine the horror and how you would feel if your child or grandchild for our older listeners was viewed as being less intelligent, less likely to succeed, even less trustworthy, all because of the way they look. It's exactly what's happening worldwide, regardless of where you live, what race you are, what age you are. If you have a smile that is not aesthetically pleasing, you are rated all that ugliness. Completely unfair, but an absolute fact. It's been researched and validated. It's, it's published in the medical literature. And I find that shocking. And it's something that I can, I can help solve. So what makes me work this hard at this point in my life 
is because I want to help solve that problem. There's an affordability and accessibility problem in all of healthcare. We're focusing, like you said, on one area where I have great expertise, and that's in dentistry and orthodontics. And you might say, well, yeah, I know there are people that, that are walking around that have poor looking teeth, and it's too bad that they're being rated all those ugly things. How many people are out there that have this problem and where are they? They're everywhere. Motley Fool did a study and they found that there were between 500 million and a billion people globally that are in need of the orthodontic teeth straightening right now. It's The treatment is more likely to be provided in a community that has wealth and that has providers. You might find it shocking that 65% of all the counties in the United States do not have an orthodontic specialist to provide that treatment. When you go to other countries, there are some countries that don't have any orthodontist to provide that care. So the problem is enormous. How do we solve it? Well, we have to find and train providers to render the care. Traditionally, the orthodontic care was delivered by orthodontic specialists. Those are dentists that go to an extra three years of education called residency. And after three years of education and maybe $150,000 in additional tuition over and above college and dental school, then you become an orthodontist. But there's so few of us, there are probably eight or 9,000 practicing orthodontists in the entire United States to, to care for 330 million people. It doesn't work. So you say, well, wait, 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 wait. How, what was that number again? What's the total number of orthodontists um, to the total population? There are eight to 10,000 orthodontists that are licensed in the United States. There are 330 some million Americans that are in our country. We can't service them all. And orthodontists are located in the amazing cities like Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, Chicago, right? They go to metropolitan areas. So you say, well, why are there so few orthodontists? And it's because we're like all of the medical specialties. Elio, medical specialists, dental specialists, we determine who gets into the club. So at Ohio State University, an amazing university, they take in a handful of residents every year. And many of them come from other places and they're not gonna stay in this area. Or when they finish, they go to another major metropolitan area to practice. But we are a guarded guild, and so we don't let very many people into this exclusive club. It creates scarcity of practitioners. There aren't enough practitioners, and so fees are high. The way we solve the problem, Elio, is we leverage the digital revolution so that general dentists anywhere on the planet can deliver high-quality orthodontic care. They can do it because we've written a custom software platform that connects the dental practice with the orthodontic expertise of orthobrain. And using a combination of AI and operationalized systems, we're able to enable the dentist office to deliver high quality orthodontic care. So what it does is it leverages the knowledge of the experts so that an expert orthodontist, instead of treating 300 new orthodontic patients a year, can now oversee 7,500 orthodontic patients a year globally. And that's how you start to solve access to care is leverage, leveraging the knowledge of the experts and having the care delivered where it's needed. 
So imagine if you had a charger for your electric car that would take you 200 miles, you know, an orthobrain charger is going to take you 5,000. The leverage is enormous. And this is where we are right now. And we've got so much more AI that we're able to bring to the forefront in order to increase that efficiency. There's, there are 20 times more dentists than there are orthodontic specialists. So the dentist is the vehicle for delivering the care. All right. Listen, if you're a founder out there, you should be taking notes. All right. Because Dan just delivered a pitch that had me on the edge of my seat. All right. The imagine, right, that your child will be treated differently because of their smile. Classic edge of the seat, how to get people interested in the conversation. So I think that's awesome. So just a, just a little tip there for people who are passively listening, that's how you deliver and get people interested. But now you have the Papa bear in me reared up. You don't, you don't mess with my kids. You don't treat my kids differently. I want to give my kid every advantage. And then you have the immigrant in me also stirred up. If folks who are listening think the issue of eight to maybe 10,000 orthodontics uh, or, or orthodentists. How do I say it? What's the proper term? Orthodontists. Orthodontists for 330 million people is a crazy ratio. Imagine what it's like in the country where I'm from, Liberia, where the ratios are even worse. So you have me on two points there, Dan. I'm super interested. We're going to keep this cliffhanger going. We're going to go into a break. All right. So if you want to hear how this system actually works to leverage and change the world, you're going to stay tuned with my conversation with Dan German of OrthoBrain. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Rev1. RevOne's mission is to help entrepreneurs build great companies. As you navigate the waters of business entrepreneurship, you don't have to go it alone. A strategic partnership with RevOne connects innovators to the talent, customers, space, and funding you need when you need it. Get started with RevOne Startup Studio by visiting RevOneVentures.com to learn more. Again, the website is RevOneVentures.com. This episode is brought to you by KJK. Tired of the billable hour? KJK has a solution. The KJK GC Advantage program offers businesses comprehensive legal services in the areas of employment, corporate services, real estate, trademark, intellectual property, and estate planning, all for a set monthly fee. KJK serves as their clients' partners in business, not just their lawyers. Along with cost certainty and predictability, the KJK GC Advantage program gives clients peace of mind, knowing their projects will be handled quickly and efficiently, maximizing the return on investment on their legal spend. So don't go it alone. Let KJK help. Learn more by visiting KJK.com. All right, 614 Startups Nation, I knew you would be right there waiting for us to come back because you want to figure out how this ortho brain thing works. So we're back with Dan German of Ortho Brain. Dan, break it down for us. How does the technology work? The technology is really quite straightforward. What the dentist office does is collect some basic information on the patient and share it through our secure uh, portal so that orthobrain experts can view the information. What type of information do we need? A series of photographs, an x-ray, an imprint of the teeth, most, most of which are done electronically now, they're digital, and what the patient and dentist expectations are. 
Once that information is received, then we're able to create a list of all the problems, what the prognosis is for correcting each of those problems, and a summary plan for the dentist. The dentist is able to take the information that we provide, we call it a perfect smile plan. They take that information and it's a roadmap on how to take the patient from crooked teeth and unesthetic smile to perfect looking teeth and a great functional healthy bite. The instructions are all put inside the communication, the perfect smile plan that the dentist office receives. So we figured out how to operationalize the delivery of care and what that does is it gives consistency uh, for the practitioner so they have predictable results. We came up with all those systems by me treating 30,000 patients in my career and teaching those systems to thousands of dentists worldwide before starting OrthoBrain. So it's a digital platform connecting the dentist office with OrthoBrain. The communication portals are all open so that the dentist office is able to reach OrthoBrain for on-demand educational points and support. Most of the education is around procedures and most of it has been recorded by video uh, in the form of an instruction. So we have snackable uh, bite-sized pieces of, of knowledge that we're able to, to provide to the dentist office for them to be able to deliver the care. We do not teach a dentist to be an orthodontist. They never become a true specialist we can't give them all that knowledge, no matter how many courses and educational pieces we give them, but we can teach them how to deliver the care with the expertise of OrthoBrain behind them. So they feel what the dentist office says is, we feel like we have an entire orthodontic team at our hip standing with us while we're delivering care, even though we're not there. It's all digital. It's all based on a digital platform. Okay. So I'm in a hurry, man. I got I got to get, I, I, I want, I want so much so fast, but you're giving me bite size, right? Pardon the pun. Okay. We're, we're doing dental puns right now, but so you deliver the plan and the dentist reviews that plan with their patient. But how do we go from a plan to remedy whatever the issue is to the remedy itself? Because not only do they need the knowledge, they actually need the practical way of providing treatment. So what bridges the gap once they have the plan? What do they, how do they get them to the end result? So when a patient is going to have treatment with the see-through aligners, everybody's heard the term Invisalign. Invisalign is like saying Kleenex. There are lots of brands, including an OrthoBrain brand of aligner. If it's an aligner, OrthoBrain designs the aligners and then has the aligner shipped to the dentist office so that the dentist can deliver them to the patient. So OrthoBrain does all the work behind the curtain. No patient needs to know that there's an OrthoBrain that is overseeing the design and the treatment plan. We do the same with braces. If the, if the patient is going to have braces on their teeth, OrthoBrain creates the proper braces design to affect the right teeth movements to end up with that perfect smile. And you might wonder, well, how does a dentist know how to put the braces on? And we've leveraged the digital world in order to create digitally created braces. So the way the braces are placed is that they're inside a transfer tray. Think of a custom glove that fits the teeth. And it only fits that patient's teeth that you're working on. And 
inside that special glove that only fits that patient are braces. And those braces merely need a little bit of glue put on the back of them. The glove placed on the teeth, given a couple of minutes, the glue sets up, you take the glove off and all the braces are on the teeth in a perfectly placed position because we created the position of the brace in the digital world on a computer, magnifying the tooth so that the tooth is as big as my head is on this screen and I can put the brace exactly where I want it. So now you can have the orthodontic team place the brackets as long as the state allows that delegation uh, level but for most offices, the staff can put the braces on with expertise that rivals that or exceeds that of a real orthodontic specialist. So we're creating a simplified version of doing orthodontics very much along the same lines as I did in my practice, where I became the conductor of this beautiful orchestra with everybody on my team delivering their portion of the care at a very, very high level so that we consistently got great outcomes with very, very high profitability. The dentist is able to function in the same, merit, uh, the same manner. And for the dentist, this should be the single most profitable procedure that they perform in their practice. Okay. You already answered my next question, which was, uh, what does it look like for a dentist who has ortho brain fully implemented? But I mean, it, it's going to be the number one most profitable service that they provide. What are some of the other benefits to a dentist for implementing OrthoBrain? Yeah, so it's a great question. Let me expand a little bit further on the profitability. And I'm going to throw real numbers out there, to, right? Who knows what a lot or very much means? I'm going to tell you exactly what the profitability looks like. The American Dental Association recently published the average income of a dentist, a general dentist puts $80 per hour in their back pocket. When it's all said and done, they've paid all their bills, they put about $80 per hour in their back pocket. Dentists that are embracing the orthobrain system are putting $1,400 per hour in their pocket doing orthodontics. It is that much more profitable. The beautiful aspect of all that is that it isn't labor intensive. It's a highly leveraged um, it's a highly leveraged clinical offering inside the dentist office, meaning that we train the dental team how to deliver most of the care so the dentist isn't bent over like they are when they have a drill in their hand, giving, giving injections and drilling on teeth and putting caps on and cleaning teeth and, and working on caps and bridges and placing implants. So that's hard labor. This is not hard labor. And so the average age of an orthodontist is about 52 because we don't go out. Why would you want to retire if your body isn't breaking down, you're having a good time and you're working three and a half days a week and earning a great living. This gives the dentist an opportunity in order to be able to increase their revenue and decrease the wear and tear on their body. The other thing that it does is it increases the value of their practice. So a dentist office has a certain value to it when they transition out. And when they transition out, if they have orthodontics in there and the revenue is up, then the value of their practice went up greatly. Immediate uh, value add is that you tend to build patient loyalty. Adult patients, let's just say, Elio, that you didn't have that unbelievably handsome smile that you've got and that you needed orthodontics. 
If that were the case, thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. How would you feel? Well, the best thing is, is you flash it often, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, yeah. Imagine how you would feel if you showed up, or I showed up dressed in my business attire, and I walk into an orthodontic office that is predominantly children. So you've got kids going in for treatment. Their little siblings are there with a the parent. You've got kids climbing the walls, acting like kids. It tends to be provided in an open treatment room where people can see each other. It's not a very comfortable setting for most adults. So for adults, they prefer to stay within their trusted dentist office. And if you can have, if the kids can be treated in the trusted dental office, people prefer that. So there are only winners in this model. I know the cool thing to say is I'm disrupting the world and we're going to put orthodontists out of business. That is not the case. Everybody in the entire cascade wins. Orthodontists can work remote and can take care of people, whether they're in Africa or New Zealand, Asia, Xenia, Ohio. Doesn't matter where folks are. You can sit on your balcony in your vacation home and, and do your oversight as an orthodontist. The dentist wins because they're able to have a big wallet share. The patient wins because they get great care that's more affordable and with better access. It's a win, 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 win. Everybody wins. All right. So the orthodontists out there who were a little bit scared, Dan is reassuring you he's not trying to put you out of business. All right. So you could keep that supply and demand equation going because OrthoBrain <laughs> complements what you're doing. Okay. But let's talk about if you can give me like one minute on the meaning of oversight in the OrthoBrain ecosystem, meaning an orthodontist can still do oversight. What does that mean? Give me about one minute on that. Yeah, terrific. So what happens is that the orthodontist will see all of the pictures and x-rays that come in and identify the problems, the prognosis, and the solution. From there, the dentist delivers the care, and we encourage the dentist to send us progress pictures of the patient so that we can give them feedback. Some of the feedback they need is at a high level, in which case we bring the orthodontist back in to give some guidance to the dentist. And it's all through a digital platform. It isn't on a telephone. That's oversight. Okay. Okay, perfect. So I was so relaxed. I forgot kind of was I needed to be in the middle of the camera. I was off camera there for a minute, Dan. All right. So you got me, man. I, I am fully engaged in this conversation with you. But here's what I want to talk about next. Uh, so orthodontists are happy. Customers are happy. Dentists are happy. How do we make the insurance company happy, right? Is has Have you already integrated in kind of the healthcare payment system? Um, you know, can dentists bill for having your service or, or how does that work? How does OrthoBrain monetize? All right. OrthoBrain monetizes because there are 500 million to a billion people out there that need the care. So anywhere you turn, there are people. I'm going to take a look right in our own backyards. You take a look at downtown, at parts of Columbus. I can look at Cleveland or Detroit. This is a fact. 60% of all the kids in the city of Detroit didn't even get to see a dentist, let alone an orthodontist, in a calendar year. That's horrific. We can fix that. So the demand is out there. Working with some of the, we'll call them TPAs, third-party administrators, whether it's a governmental agency or an insurance company, it's a, a, cert, a sure way to get there. If we could leverage some people of notoriety Typically, you defer to the athletes. They get all the attention. If we could get some athletic person to endorse this and get the attention 
of folks that are in the urban areas that are being neglected and don't have the access or the affordability to the treatment, it would mean the world to me. Uh, Elio, I was one of I was one of the people that didn't have money and didn't have insurance. There was a time in my life when I lived in East Cleveland, no money, no checking account, no credit card, no insurance, and I was sick. What are you supposed to do? Thankfully, there was a free medical clinic on Euclid Avenue in the city of Cleveland, and I was able to get to a bus and, and go there for some care. But I recognize at that point that the need and the obligation for those who can make this better is gigantic. And from that time in the 70s, when I was a patient at the free medical clinic, I realized that this was going to be something that I was going to pursue uh, until the end of my days. And enlisting some people who can get the attention of those in need of the treatment, as well as the third party administrators, so that we can create some partnerships and get that care delivered where it's needed most. That would be very meaningful to me, Elio. That's great. So we need we need uh, the government to come along. We need third party administrators to come along. We need the insurance companies to get on board. But in the interim, for the practices that have already deployed, or how how many practices do you have right now that are using OrthoBrain? We have eleven hundred plus dentists that are registered with OrthoBrain right now. That's great. And so if I went in and my dentist is offering OrthoBrain. Uh, I am paying for orthodontic care provided by my dentist out of pocket, meaning there's no reimbursement right now to that dentist currently for care that could possibly be provided through OrthoBrain. Am I stating that correctly? If you're lacking insurance, that would be true. About half of all patients have an insurance benefit, and the insurance benefit tends to be heavily weighted towards children. So if you're 19 or younger and the family has orthodontic insurance, you have coverage whether OrthoBrain has a hand in the treatment or not. So the insurance company does not differentiate between orthodontic specialists and general dentists providing the care. Makes no okay. difference. So there isn't any okay. campaign that's needed for that at all. It's already in place. Makes sense. 1,100 is a big number. What are, what are some important milestones? I mean, I know the social impact piece, right? Getting the right people on board so you could reach more people. But in terms of milestones for OrthoBrain over the next, I don't know, 12 to 24 months, what are some milestones, key milestones you're looking to hit, whether that's raising uh, funding, uh, customer acquisition, building out the company, et cetera? What are some key milestones for you? Yeah, what's really important for us, Elio, is is we need some rocket fuel in order to drive this engine. So we we were, were very grateful for the Series A funding that we received last year. We've used up most of those resources in order to build a robust enough technology platform to get us to a revenue of, of say 10 million, uh, an annual run rate of about 10 million. And we've also built a very, very talented industry, uh, knowledgeable team so we went from about eight people in the company, eight or nine people, to 35 in about a year. We were able to attract very, very high-level uh, talent, and I think in great part because of the purpose-driven nature of our company. Uh, we've also developed a new product, and we have a product release coming in two weeks. We will be releasing the OrthoBrain-powered aligner, which is called Simply Clear, and Simply Clear allows us to enter 
a lot more marketplaces than we were before. So what we're getting now is a pipeline that is filling up with enterprise dentistry. So if you look at market segments, you've got the independent general dentist, which is what I call a dock in a box. You have a dentist, they have a hygienist or two, and they've got a few employees. That's your typical downtown dentist. Very good. Now we're talking about enterprise dentistry. And at the extreme end, you've got companies like Aspen and Heartland Dental that might have a thousand or 1500 dentists that are working under one corporate umbrella. Those type of organizations are the ones that are really screaming for our help. Our market is really the midsize enterprise. They're oftentimes called DSO, dental service organizations, where we meet with the C-suite. The C-suite says, yes, we want to bring orthodontics in. The beautiful thing with OrthoBrain is once they raise their hand and say they want to provide orthodontics, we take them from start to finish, from education to implementation and internal external marketing. We have a total solution for them. And by providing the aligner, it's a, it's a one-stop shop. That's where, our, that's where the sweet spot is. So foundationally, we have independent dentists. There are about 1,100 of them. We'd like to grow that to about 15,000 dentists, which is, uh, it, it sounds like a lot of dentists, but there are about seven to 900,000 worldwide, and there are about 200,000 in North America. 15% would give us a really strong market share and give us a very, very robust and big company. And simultaneously, in parallel with that, building uh, the number of DSOs, those dental enterprise organizations that engage OrthoBrain, uh, that's, that's, that's where we're going to really build a, a powerful, valuable company. So, All right. So you described the uh, profit margin, right, going from about 80 bucks an hour to 1400 bucks an hour. Very attractive. But implementation, cost of implementation, we're talking about that downtown dentist, right? Not Aspen Dental, not Heartland. What does it take for somebody to implement OrthoBrain into their practice? Basically raising your hand. And uh, when you engage us, you could you could take in just about everything we have to offer, education, curated instruments, supplies, training. For $5,000, you've got everything you need plus the cost of, of treating your first patients. And what we found is that if, if a dentist will do five patients quickly, the fast five, and just get started, then they're able to really run with this and, and make it a, a significant part of their practice. So it's a it's a minimal investment. And with patient financing, third party financing, the dentist can get paid up front from the patient and be able to uh, cover the cost of of onboarding OrthoBrain you know, within a patient or two. Yeah, uh, five grand is not a bad investment. Uh, I know medical office practice software sometimes runs into tens of thousands. So these dentists and, and new equipment and and, and new x-ray machines and, and all of the technology that that uh, a modern dentist needs to use, price tags, uh, you, they shouldn't have sticker shock at 5,000, right? This is a great investment to make to, uh, to, to, to multiply your profits uh, by an order of magnitude. All right, Dan, you still have me, man. 
I'm fully invested in this thing at this point. All right. I haven't put any money down. Okay. Which is one of the reasons why everybody keeps telling me, Elio, you need to look at raising a fund. You have great conversations with people who need funding and having some funds to deploy, you know, is something that we hope will be on the roadmap for us. All right, guys, we want to get a final word from Dan. So hang around. We're going to get into the nitty gritty of what it takes to be a successful founder right after these messages. Support for the 614 Startups podcast comes from Nationwide. Nationwide's mission is to protect people, businesses, and futures with extraordinary care. To help fulfill that mission, Nationwide is looking to invest its $350 million venture capital investment fund in InsureTechs that will help them create new and exciting products and solutions to meet the needs of their customers. If you're interested in partnering with Nationwide's venture capital team, visit nationwideventures.com to learn more. Again, the website is nationwideventures.com. Nationwide is on your side. Support for the 614 Startups podcast comes from Book and Street. Book and Street provides finance and accounting solutions for startups in the Midwest and beyond. From strategic financial support to bookkeeping and everything in between, they've got your back office covered. Let their experienced team of finance and accounting professionals help your startup get it right, right from the start. Learn more at bookandandstreet.com and set up your free 30-minute consultation with their team today. All right, folks, we are back with Dan German of OrthoBrain. We're going to wrap this thing up, but here's where it gets a little tough. It gets a little personal right here at the end. Uh, final segment, Dan. So what has been the toughest thing for you so far while building OrthoBrain? Terrific question. And I'm going to say that this is really unique to me. It might not apply to your other listeners. Uh, but before I get into that, Elio, I think there was an ask right before the break. You brought up the idea of you having a fund and starting a fund. And I want to be the first to contribute to your fund. I want to invest in your fund. I believe in you. So with your permission, I'd like to send you your first million. <laughs> Listen, I love it. You got You got to put your face on the money. Have you seen uh, Coming to America? <laughs> I've heard of it. I've heard of it. All right. He has his own money. All right, Dan, I got you. All right. So listen, I'm <laughs> behind you, Elio. So let's talk about that offline. Here's the unique problem that the biggest problem for me is focus. We talked about that a little bit earlier, that the number of ideas that come in can get distracting and they, they can take you off, off course. My father's advice was always to put blinders on. And, and keep your eye on the on the main thing. And so I had to, to to really dovetail into finding the right people to work with me, whether it's board of advisors or uh, full-time employees, that people that can help keep me focused and make sure that we're we're spending my energy in the in the most productive manner. I'd say that's been my biggest challenge. I don't know that it is for others, but it's mine. All right. And so the, I, I think that you get, you gave us a twofer here. What was difficult for you, but also what could serve as great advice for entrepreneurs, which is focus. Part of doing your job well, part of being successful is that opportunities just keep coming. And so how do you stay focused on the things that got you successful? So you could stay there in terms of advice for entrepreneurs, or you could add to it, or this is your opportunity for the final word. 
Yeah, I think that everybody who's leading a company has to have conscious incompetence. You have to really know what it is that you don't know so you can fill gaps. Like Rocky said in the movie, you got to fill gaps. Find people that fill the gaps for you and reach out and get help. We tend to be very confident, bold people that found, that, that found companies, but we need the humility, confident humility to go out and say, I'm not an expert in this or that. Let me find people to give me advice and find really smart people to, to advise us. We've got to be willing to rethink our positions. A lot of times we dig in and we know we have to be persistent in order to be successful, but don't be persistent going in the wrong direction. Markets change. The voice of the customer has to be heard. There was a great book I just read by Adam Grant that's called Think Again. Take a look at your positions, whatever they are, whether it's in your business or your personal life, and reevaluate them and say, what evidence could come available that would cause me to change my mind? Because as a leader of a business, you've got to be ready to pivot so that you can succeed. And we have an advantage over big companies because we can pivot very fast. All right. So if I have, when, wait, not if, when I have that million dollars to give you, or if there's a dentist or a dentist friend that I know, um, you know, who wants to join OrthoBrain, one, how do investors get a hold of you? And then two, if you have potential clients, how do they get a hold of uh, OrthoBrain? The best way to do it is, is reach out directly to me, dan at orthobrain.com. Dan at orthobrain.com. And we'll be able to help investors, uh, clients, anybody who has any interest in, in helping move this, this project forward. Yeah, Dan. So thank you so much for your time, man. Listen, I, I haven't been this excited about a company. I don't say that a lot uh, about a lot of companies. Like you said, Papa Bear came out there when you were talking about the potential impact of self-image and how people get treated because of the way their uh, smile looks. And then also the potential to bring this service global, right? A lot of times I I'm talking to people who are looking at their first kind of market, right? A a super, you know, kind of US focused, but this has the potential to go um, international rather quickly. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your vision with us. I think we came full circle on this show where we started about your big step to divest in order to focus. And then your toughest thing is focused. So even with just one business, it's a continuous kind of trimming down and focusing on the essentials. And that's my big takeaway from this. So Dan, thank you so much for your time and everybody listening. We know you're super busy. We appreciate you tuning in and listening to us uh, until next time. Peace. That's a wrap folks. You can find this in all our episodes on our website, 614startups.com, Apple podcasts, Spotify, anchor, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Don't forget to subscribe and write a review. If you'd like updates sent directly to your inbox, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter on the website. To engage in the 614 Startups community, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at 614 Startups on all platforms and join the conversation. For sponsorship opportunities and collaborations, email us at info at 614startups.com.